The Insloan podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals, just like me and you, aged 18 and above, monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and, more importantly, more peace of mind. Also, there will be a flash sale during the Father's Day occasion where Cybionics are offering a 15% off discount for all during the 7th of June to the 16th of June. You do not need to be a father to gain the benefit from this discount. And you can find out more on the official website at www.cybionicscgm.com. Now enjoy this episode. Welcome back to part two of this episode. I really hope you enjoyed part one. Now let's get back into it. So what sort of conversations would, or would you have conversations with yourself going through, like you said in the email, those times where you feel as if you would classify them as downs or difficult periods to a certain extent? Like, is there anything that you do specifically or anything that you remind yourself of or say to yourself to continue to be that happy diabetic that that you promote yeah you know i mean i can give you an example um last year in july i know you've gone through COVID, and then i did too the COVID itself wasn't so bad but i've uh i've suffered from uh you know long COVID. Mm. i call it COVID hangover you know <laughs> so um it, you know so and i and i've suffered through that it's just been since uh the beginning you know the end of spring the beginning of summer that i seem to have gotten over it so for a year and a half and part of that was is one day i got up is i i have like balance issues and breathing i've had i've always had kind of like asthma lurking but covid brought it out i got up one day and um i couldn't walk from my bed to the bathroom without gasping for breath so you know i was on the phone with my uh pulmonologist and he prescribed prednisone for me, uh, which if you know anything about steroids, what it does to blood sugar. I mean, I was, I, I, I couldn't even measure it on my blood sugar meter. So, so that was kind of bad, but you know, again, I just, you know, I, I go with it that, okay, I've got this issue. I'm concerned about it, but I'm going to say, like I said, I called the doctor, you know, he said, okay, here's what we're going to do. And then I, my blood sugars were high. So I called my endocrinologist and he said, don't worry about it. Just check for ketones, right? You know, so, so I said, okay. So I, I just keep the attitude that, you know, God willing, inshallah, I'm going to get through this. I'm doing what I should. Again, it's just, it's just that innate thing. I mean, you know, if I don't get better, I mean, so far I haven't come to that, but if I don't get better, uh, that's what it is. <laughs> mm. Do you feel as if being diagnosed with diabetes and living the last 53 years with diabetes almost enabled you to have that ability to kind of bounce back easier because the way i look at it even with my own condition diabetes like no matter how well you manage it you're gonna go high and you're gonna go low that's just a fact so when i go high or when i go low it's almost like that opportunity to practice not being annoyed by it or practice trying to stay positive about it 
And it's almost like when you do that, it's just repetition after repetition after repetition after repetition. And that sort of attitude, I feel, kind of spills out into other areas of, of your life or other difficulties that you may be going through. So do you feel as if diabetes gave you that ability to a certain extent? It helped it. It built on it. Part of that is, again, because of my positive attitude, when I have that higher, when I have that low, I try to look at the long term, you know, the, the long range. You know, I mean, I mean, you've talked about that. You know, you, you, you focus on the day-to-day to improve the long range. So that's what I do. Okay, what am I going to do to fix this? Over the last two years, I've really focused on that a lot. Yeah, that's a big part about managing your bloods consistently, I think, because it's easy to get kind of focused on the immediate, the right now, as in like, oh, my blood sugars have spiked up to 250 or 20, or my blood sugars have dropped down to X. And in that moment, it can be very frustrating. It can be very discouraging. Mm -hmm. Because you're feeling it like right there in that moment. But when you actually zoom out, and even if you're to look at that one 24-hour period, it feels significant at the time. But if you actually zoom out, even over a 90-day period, it's only a small percent of your overall management. So it's like, yes, we want to look at the short term because we want to feel good and energized and in control each day. But on those days where it's like up and down and up and down and up and down, if you take a step back, zoom out, it feels a lot less insignificant, which I think is important to remind yourselves of from from time to time. And then also, I mean, you can use tools to validate yourself too. Like for instance, um, you know, I know you're on you're you're on Dexcom, right? I am, yeah. Yeah, so you get those Dexcom clarity reports every Sunday emails, right? (laughs) So I get that one and like last Sunday, okay. I mean, like the previous week I'd had some uh, troubles and the week before that or a couple of weeks ago was Thanksgiving here in America. So that was just completely blown. But, um, but then this past Sunday I got a report, you know, it says 97% time in range, you know, so, okay, well, okay. I had that bad day, but look at this, you know, and, and, and my average blood sugar was probably like 120. And I'm good with that. And then, like, if I look at my three-month clarity report, I'm 92% in range. Mm. So, yes, I have bad days, but I know that overall, you know, I'm, 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 I think I'm doing a pretty good job managing it all. And that's kind of what I look at. Okay, bad today, but look at the big picture. Look at overall. Look at how it's been going. Yeah, 100%. And look, as you say, and I've, as we've gone through today, you were diagnosed 53 <laughs> years ago. and Mm-hmm. Last week, 97% time and range. Even from somebody like myself who hasn't been living with it for as long, it's very reassuring to hear that from you firsthand. So, so I thank you for that. Yeah, well, like I said, with wisdom comes, with age comes wisdom and I guess more determination and the technology. I mean, and with each step in the technology, because I was on a insulin pump without closed loop system and, and I did pretty good. I was 85% range, but now since I've been on a, a closed loop system. Now I'm above 90% range. And I, and I do. And again, if I wasn't paying attention to it, it doesn't matter if you got closed loop or not. Right? You have to, like I say before, when I first started, I wasn't really willing or motivated. I don't want to say willing is not the right word. I wasn't motivated to put in the work to control my diabetes. 
And as the years have gone by, I have become motivated. What do you think led you to becoming more motivated in relation to management? I'm going to say the technology. With, with each toy I've gotten to play with, right, <laughs> I've gotten more motivated. Like I said, we first started with the blood glucose meters, and then I got on the insulin pump. But then in the last three or four years is when I've really, really started putting in the effort. Rather than, like like I say, watching my diet, I'd use the insulin to, to control it, not the other way around. It should be the other way around. So mm. lost the weight. My blood sugars are in better shape. I'm taking significantly less insulin, too, because I've mm. put the effort into it. I'm not taking 35 or 40 units a day. I'm taking 25 units a day. Yeah. And I think even with that, tech can only take you so far. You know, yeah. yes, of course, the advancements are a, a literal lifesaver, but we can't just fully rely on tech to do everything for us. I've even spoken to a few people who who use insulin pumps and they kind of come at it from a standpoint of, well, I have an insulin pump, so therefore I can do whatever I want. No, no. Yeah. And and that's how I was for several years. And and again, again, I don't know what it was. It's something within me in the last three or four years. I'm using the technology and all that, but I'm using the technology to improve myself. I'm not letting the technology drive what I do in a negative way. I'm using it to, again, make decisions that have helped me. So now that I do have the, I have the better A1Cs, I'm down to like 6.0 and instead mm. of 7. I'm using less the insulin. I, I'm something within me just decided. Okay, I need to do better than what I've been doing. Yeah, it sounds as if, and much like myself, you're using the tech to to complement your lifestyle to be even more mm-hmm. precise with with everything that you're doing, rather than just handing over all the management to your tech and and hoping for the best and relying on that completely. Right. You still got to watch your diet. You still got to exercise. You still got to what those. You have those numbers right in your head. How many decisions do we make every day? You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. you still like got one hundred eighty to three to three hundred twenty. Yeah, additional decisions yeah, a day. You got to be willing to do that. You got to be willing yeah. to do that. Given so. Jaffer, the the type of person that you've you've said you are, and the fact that it's quite clear that you're almost innately positive, and then the fact that you were diagnosed with diabetes, the repetitions of that sort of resilience or that building of that sort of mindset, obviously helped each other but if you were to speak to somebody that isn't as positive as you or if you were to look at somebody who views the glass half empty rather than half full what would your advice be to that person i think that i would say okay and it depends on their age if i'm talking to somebody a lot younger i'm going to say well you know the decisions you make now you're going to come back to either haunt you or help you you know 20 30 years down the road and uh you know, not use scare tactics, but just encourage to say, you know, just try to think of it, what you want, what do you want for yourself down the road? And try to go from there. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I might just come out and say, you know, think happy thoughts. <laughs> or, I mean, just... Simple you know, as that. I mean, That's all you need to do. <laughs> if somebody would, you know, some people are just, you know, the opposite. You know, everything is gloom and doom. And I don't know that you can do a whole lot other than just keep encouraging them. It may stick, it may not. The way I always look at it is, again, from my perspective and my opinion, if I view my diabetes as a positive thing, it doesn't Mm -hmm. change the fact that I have diabetes physically, but it completely changes how I live with it. 
And then it's the same on the flip side. It's like, if I constantly view my diabetes as a negative part of my life and it's constantly leading to bad things and why do I have to treat this lower? Why do I have to treat this high? And it's always that kind of consuming negative in my life. It doesn't change the fact that I physically have diabetes, but it completely changes how I live with it. So I really feel that your own opinion or your own perspective of your diabetes can drastically change your life with it. Because if you're in a good oh, yes, head yes. about it, your physical decision-making is going to be a lot better too, which in turn, yeah. either directly or indirectly, has a positive impact on your health. Yes, yes, I, I agree with that. Again, it's just kind of, as the years have gone by, I've gotten even, I've come more and more to follow that philosophy. So you were diagnosed, Jaffer, just before your 16th birthday. And I I know that your younger sister was diagnosed as well with type 1 a couple of years after that. Yeah. How did your parents react to both of you being diagnosed so close together? It was less of a shock with my sister, of course. You know, I was the first one. And, then, you know, that was a shock. Because also back in 1950, remember, uh, it was closer to the time when type 1 diabetes was a death sentence, right? So, I mean, you know, I mean, I was only like less than 50 years from the discovery of insulin. And when my, my parents grew up as kids, you know, even, okay, there's insulin, but it was still type ones were sickly, doomed to die in 10 years and all that kind of stuff. So, but then after I was diagnosed and they got reassurances from my doctors and no, 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 it's not a death sentence and all that kind of stuff. So my sister developed it. So they weren't, of course, they were upset and sad about it, but they, it wasn't a shock. Okay. So I, mean, I remember my mom dragging me into her bedroom, your, your sister, she's starting to, same thing, you know, she's tired and she's drinking a lot. And I said, yeah, sounds like it to me, you know? So yeah, they took her into the doctor. What I should have said, well, here, take one of my tablets and have her pee in the tube. <laughs> I didn't think, you know, I didn't think about that, but, um, you know, so, but they took her and yep, sure enough. And, but I think it was, well, you know, again, I paved the way. And then my mother ended up having it too, uh, type two later on. So, mm. Did you feel a sense of responsibility as her older brother to kind of show her the ropes in terms of how to <laughs> live a life with diabetes at the time? Uh, um, no, I mean, she was diagnosed, and then shortly after that, I was off to college. So I wasn't around a lot after that. And then, so, I mean, we'd talk once in a while, but, I mean, yeah, but, yeah, we never, I guess, you know, we never really shared diabetes stories and all that. Maybe she's more private about it than I am. I've always been really, really open about it, and, and I mean, she doesn't hide it, but she's not as open as I am about it, so. And like I say, I wasn't there for a lot of the time I was gone. From even the experience that you had living in the same household with the same condition at the same time, did you manage it in different ways or did you generally do similar sorts of things? Similar sorts of things. I mean, yeah, I mean, we were both, you know, injections, you know, you, you call it MDI now, right? But this was just, you know, the the disposable syringes and, you know, jabbing yourself. Well, actually, 
she started out with the disposable. I started out with boiling the glass syringes and all that kind of stuff. And I, but by that time, she was diagnosed shortly afterwards. We were away from that. But so, yeah, we were doing the, the syringes, um, testing the same way. So I know I got on the pump first, and then I told her how great it was. And so, you know, we just started talking about that. So then she got on the pump, and she so she's been on it probably – 29 or 30 years. I'm always fascinated by how siblings that grow up in the same household and with the same parents, you know, exposed to the same books, ex- exposed to the same TV shows, holidays, whatever it is, and they can grow up so differently. And I always, like, what I'm thinking about right now is me and my two, I have two older brothers and we're really, 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 really close. But the three of us are so different. And I always mm-hmm. find it fascinating because we grew up in the same household. We have the same parents. We were exposed to all these same things. But we're all so different. And I'm curious to know if you and your sister are different in these types of ways does she have a different approach towards her own diabetes? Because I'm linking it back to you seem like this innately positive person and you're open and you're the happy diabetic on Instagram. Do you feel as if her diabetes had a different impact on her based off any of the conversations that you would have had? She's not a negative person. She's not like, I don't know. um, It's the outwardly positive. I'm probably the most outwardly positive in the family. I mean, no, she was never negative about it. She's more private about it than I am. Like I say, I'm, you know, hey, I'm diabetic, you know, you know, it's okay. You know, but I, I, you know, I get, I would say she certainly wouldn't advertise as much as I would. So yeah, and we're, everybody's different. And again, remember I, from the time she was diagnosed, we weren't living in the same household for more than maybe a year. Because again, I went off to college, but we, you know, we talked and, and as communication has gotten easier, um, again, back in the day, no internet, long distance phone calls were expensive, you know, so as I moved on and she moved on, you know, we didn't talk a whole lot about it because, you know, I mean, we'd talk and we, diabetes would just be part of our conversation, you know, and, you know how are you doing and all that kind of stuff. So but, you know, again, like, you know, significant things, I tell her, hey, you know, I tried, I'm, I'm on an insulin pump now, you ought to look into it. And she did. And eventually she got onto it. You had said to me previously, Jaffer, that you, your life with diabetes has led you to be more empathetic. How has it led you to be more empathetic? What did you mean by that? When people have problems, it's easy to, if you're not empathetic, you can say, oh, that's nice or get over yourself or whatever. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> So even the people with diabetes, I see a lot of, you know, comments on the social groups. I'm so done with this. And okay. I mean, I guess I can see where they're coming from. I mean, I, I'm not that way, but I can see where they're coming from. I'm not going to say, get over yourself or, <laughs> you know, so hmm. I'm going to say, uh, yeah, yeah, it can certainly be a struggle. I mean, even my own sister, she took better care of herself than I did, but she's had more issues than I do. You know, I guess it's just the way her body is and my body is. So, you know, and and I can certainly understand the struggles or, or not understand. I can empathize with the struggles she's had or people with other different, you know, I see a lot of, you know, celiac disease, right? A lot of diabetics have celiac. I can sympathize with that. 
if I wasn't diabetic, you know, people, you know, why are all these people you know, always complaining about? I don't do that. Can I ask Jaffer what you said about your sister having more, I think you said difficulties or complications. Is that directly as a result of diabetes, if you don't mind me asking? She's had kidney issues, so, and I probably would attribute that to the diabetes. Uh, and she also has heart, you know, she's had heart disease, so I don't know if that's attributable to the diabetes or not. So. Looking back over the last 53 years with your time <laughs> with the condition, Jaffer, if you were to condense everything that you've done, everything that you know, everything that you've heard, everything that you've learned into one piece of advice or one lesson for anybody listening, what would that be? I'd say don't panic over it. You don't, I don't say fret over it, but take it seriously. I mean, again, from, I didn't take it serious for a long, long time. I think that I could have some of like my problems I had going along the way, like the hypoglycemia, even without the technology, I think that if I had been more serious about it, I could have avoided some of that. I don't know if it's, you know, you can't say whether, you know, what I didn't take serious, has it affected me now? Probably, but, you know, I don't know for sure. I, I guess just, you know, don't get hung up on the negatives. I mean, deal with them. You know, you always have to deal with the short term. And again, I mean, like, and I agree with what you've been saying over and over. Take care of the day to day. And the long term will take care of itself. That's kind of, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, especially, I mean, you know, younger people, young kids and all that, it's, it can be overwhelming. But if you just focus on, you know, doing the best you can day to day, you know, that hope that should take care of the long term. Hmm. Couldn't agree more. And that's what I like. That's how I try to, to even live with my diabetes is the fact that essentially the only thing that I have control over is what I'm doing right now in this moment. My next meal, mm-hmm. my next insulin dose, whether or not I go to the gym today, whether or not I drink water today, all these decisions that essentially are in my control. And as you say, yeah. if you look after the day to day, the long term looks after itself. Really nice right. model. And in that day to day, I mean, a lot of us focus on what we're eating, which is important, but not enough on the exercise. I've always been active, but some, I, I, as I get older, I'm starting to get lazy. So I need to <laughs> motivate myself to, I mean, I, like I said, I go out and, you know, when I walk to the mosque, you know, I get a two mile exercise walk out of that. But my biking, I used to go out and regularly do like 15 mile, 20 mile bikes two or three times a week. Now that's two or three times a summer. You know, so now I need to, I need to motivate myself to get back into that. I mean, I've always, I keep up the walking, but I need more than that. Um, so I say, you know, again, another piece of advice is keep, and, and this is for everybody, not, not just diabetics, but especially diabetics, but, you know, make sure you're getting some type of exercise. You, you love the gym and uh, I'm not one of those persons. I try to motivate myself to do that. I've just never been able to, but I found other ways. Like I used to do a lot of biking. Find something that you're happy with, and or even if you're not happy, something you can tolerate. Get that twenty minutes or a half hour, three or four times a week. Do it. You know, do the exercise. Absolutely. And as you say yourself, <laughs> if you don't like going to the gym, you don't have to go to the gym. I go to the gym because it works for me, and I love going to the gym. It can be you, right? 
riding a bike. It can be you playing tennis. It can be you doing whatever. But Jaffer, I only have one more question for you. And because you listen to the podcast regularly, I think you might know what, what this question is that's coming up. But Jaffer, if you had to thank your diabetes for something, what would that be? Okay. I'm thankful to diabetes for making me more aware of what my body is doing. I mean, it's taken time, but I'm thankful for it. And I think that's helped me stay healthier now than I might have been otherwise. You know, as a diabetic, we have to make our daily decisions that affect our long-term health. So that makes us more focused in general. Hmm. So, yes, so I'm thankful for that, that I can pay more attention to my health overall. Love it. And I have to say, again, I know I touched on it earlier in this episode, but from a personal standpoint, it's really nice to have a conversation like this, knowing that you have lived 53 years healthily and as the happy diabetic, despite being diagnosed at the age of 15. So from a personal standpoint, thank you very much. It's very reassuring. And I'm sure anybody else listening feels exactly the same, Jeffrey. Yeah. So thank yeah. you so much. So, so for all you youngsters out there, have have hopes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Jaffer, thank you so much. Is there anywhere online people can reach out to you if they want to have a chat or find out more about you? Well, I'm Jaffer, I'm Jaffer, J-A apostrophe F-R, Yurka on Facebook. And then on uh, Instagram, I'm the, ha- the happy diabetic, the underscore happy underscore diabetic. It makes sense. The name perfectly makes sense after this podcast, Jaffer. So, <laughs> so if you aren't following Jaffer just yet, make sure you do. I will obviously link his social handles below. Check him out. Have a chat. As you can tell, he's a very happy and friendly person and certainly knows the stuff from 53 plus years experience living with diabetes. So Jaffer, thank you so much. I look forward to staying in touch and chatting with you very shortly. Have a good day. Yeah, thank you very much. You too. Another massive thank you to today's guest. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out their social channels and links that we've included in the episode description. If you enjoy the podcast, which I'm guessing you do because you listen, be sure to rate, subscribe, and share. It really, really helps the podcast get heard by more people when you rate, when you subscribe, and when you share. If you feel that you've been able to benefit from it so far, likely someone else would be too. If you have any questions or stories for myself and Graham, please do not hesitate to reach out. We absolutely love getting in the email stories and questions. You can do this through theinsalonepodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more from me, stay connected or even work with me and other people living with type 1 diabetes, who want to be fitter, healthier, and happier within my Type 1% Better online program, you can message me directly through Instagram or you can fill out an application form through the link in the podcast description. And as always, another massive thank you to you for your time and your ears. We greatly appreciate you showing up each week, time after time, ready to gain knowledge and confidence around your diabetes management. So until next week, have a good day, have a good week, look after those blood sugars, and I'll chat to you soon. Take it easy.